Let me take a couple seconds. We'll talk about Anchor. Are you like me and you've thought about trying a podcast for a while? Either you just like talking into a microphone or you got something to say you just want to let out into the world or, you know, you've always wanted to do something with a friend. Okay. Anchor's the way to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. So you know it's definitely in your budget. I know money to get going can be an issue. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Really make it pretty easy peasy, which if you're like me and you don't know what you're doing, it's right in your wheelhouse. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more outlets. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It really doesn't get any simpler. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. And thank you for stopping by. This is Beacon Road Show, and I am your host, Rich Levesque. As always, the coffee's on, and the snacks are in the fridge, so feel free. And let me start, as always, with a reminder that you're doing the best you can today and every day with what you have to work with. Whether it feels like it or not, you are enough, and you matter. Please take extra special care of yourself today, please. On Beacon Road Show, everything is intended to come back to this message, to wrap around this message, because ultimately, we're all doing our best to be our best and to be seen and heard, both by ourselves and by the world around us. The goal for this show is to honor that by speaking of how that works for us and what it can look like. We'll share stories of how we're navigating that journey. We'll also talk about skills and tools that are available to help us along in our own journeys. And that's the thing. There's no one way for anything. We each have to find what works in our own ways and on our own terms. Like all things, treat it like an old buffet table. Take what clicks and leave the rest. In whatever way you came about finding this little corner and however you choose to use it, it's an honor to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about trust. Trust is a simple five-letter word, but if only were it as simple as that, it's really a quite complex idea. Because as simple as it sounds, there are a lot of different concepts tied up within that five-letter word whether it's being used as a noun or a verb. And, you know, that in itself is a hint. Let me start it off by, you know, asking Webster for some definitions that we'll start with today and use as our starting point. And from there, 
I'll share a couple of experiences that have recently played out before my own eyes and borrow a brilliant acronym that Brene Brown uses. And we'll riff on that a little bit and how that may connect for myself and for those watching and listening. And finally, I'll work my way through some comments that were left on my social media earlier this week. And I, you know, asked some questions around that. You know, speaking of, you know, you can, if you're watching, you can see the social media handles there on my banner. And if you're listening on the podcast or you're in your car driving or however you're listening, you can, you know, follow me, Facebook at Beacon Road number 10. Same handle for Twitter. And Instagram is simply Beacon Road. And of course, you can go to my website, beaconroad.net. All of these are in the description, so don't feel like you have to remember anything. So the questions that I asked for those listening, and if you're on the live stream, feel free to chime in. If you're listening on a replay or on the podcast, then, you know, feel free to shoot me a message and, yeah, let me know. I'd love to have the conversation. Anyway, the questions I posted, number one, how does someone gain your trust? Number two, how does someone lose your trust? Number three, what does it mean to trust yourself and what does that look like? So anyway, let's do this. From Merriam-Webster, we'll go through the definitions of trust that apply to the topic at hand. And we're not gonna deal with things like legal or financial terms here. I don't think they're gonna apply. Told you this is complicated. But trust, the noun, definition 1A, assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, and or truth of someone or something. Two, dependence on something future or contingent, hope. Or a charge or duty imposed in faith or confidence as a condition of some relationship. Dictionary definitions kind of make things even more complicated at times, but yeah, the words that are popping through reliance, hope. Confidence. And they'll come through again when we describe the verbs, you know, to rely on the truthfulness or accuracy, to believe, to place confidence in, rely on. For example, a friend you can trust. To hope or expect confidently. To commit or place in one's care or keeping. And then you go into the intransitive verb. And uh, I 
transitive and intransitive are a thing I should remember, but I, I don't. That, that, that's in like a rusty corner of my brain somewhere. I'm not going to lie about that. You know, intransitive place confidence, like, you know, trust in God or trust to luck, to be confident, to hope. Again, coming back to a lot of different pieces here. Confidence, belief, dependence, reliance, hope. All to me kind of revolving around one other word that's not so much mentioned, but needs to be faith. So let's think of it this way. What do we each have faith in? What gives us hope or confidence? Is it our abilities? Is it our talents? Is it our financial situation? Is it God or the universe or however you, you know, however a higher power looks to you? Is it in within, you know, within yourself? Is it in the outside world? What allows us to feel safe and what allows us to sit within our vulnerability? Where can we drop our walls and feel securely free? Who is in our lives that allow for us to feel the freedom and security and who can we drop our guard around? Who is in our lives that can absolutely not be trusted? Whose presence triggers us to jack up our force field to max power? Or maybe once had that trust, but was later proven to be someone unable to do right by you with that. And what words or actions, going back to the questions I posed earlier, and are in the descriptions. What words or actions lead to each of us deciding when it's time to grant that trust and then deciding when it needs to be removed or revoked? And what about trusting ourselves? How much trust do we have in ourselves? in deciding what paths to take or who gets to be in the circle as the path reveals itself along the way. If we learn that we've misjudged something or someone, how does it affect the decisions we make going forward? If we don't have faith in our own processes, how does that hold us back? What could we be denying ourselves while trying to spare the pain of future hard lessons. Well, side note, have any of those defenses ever actually worked for anybody? Don't we just tend to get our asses kicked anyway without the benefit of any added growth or confidence that may come from just doing the damn thing anyway? You know, our egos protect us. And, you know, we talk about how we don't trust others, but is the truth that we don't trust ourselves because maybe in a way we're punishing ourselves for 
making whatever bad choices we needed in order to learn the lessons we had to. It's a lot to think about there. There's all kinds of different ups, downs, tangled hot messes in there. You know? And you know, I'll bet I you know, spin through these right along with anybody else listening or watching. It kind of seems to be a theme lately, which is what's inspiring me to do this episode and to focus on this. So, you know, let me share some of what that's starting to look like for me. And, you know, again, take what clicks, leave the rest. But I'm going to start with a couple of stories that have evolved around me recently. The first, if you follow my website or my Beacon Road community, you've Actually, let me take that back. The first one you would have seen recently on my social media, if you follow. And the second, I think I've told in my private community. And otherwise, I don't think I've put that in a post or a place where people can share it. I guess I was saving it for today. But anyway, we're going to run through story number one. The scene's the beach. You know, I sat there, was, you know, doing a little meditation and focusing on some kite surfers out in the water. Now, if you don't know what kite surfing, it's exactly what it sounds. It's you, you're, you get, you have a board, you attach it to a kite, the wind blows the kite, you surf. She looks kind of cool, but also I think the kites look a lot more expensive than the shitty cheap ones that we buy and kill in like 20 minutes. At least that was always my experience with kites. You know, they would either take off or they'd end up in some kite eating tree. But anyway, back on track. There were a couple of kite surfers in particular that caught my attention and we're going to call them well, I'm going to call one red and we're going to call one blue because of the colors of their kites you know neither one had any issue getting their kite up in the air but you know red is a little bit closer to me and I realized red never managed to get up on their board, like at all. Like, so it didn't, you know, it was kind of hard to watch. You know, I did notice that Red was continuing to hold on to their board for dear life. Like, they were expecting something to go horrifically wrong. And that's just kind of how it was. Like, Red was just kind of, holding onto the board as the board was getting blown around the water by the kite. And then eventually the kite just couldn't stay up anymore. And, you know, Donna went into the drink and eventually Red worked their way back into land and called it a day. Now, Blue, same wind, same water, 
same equipment as far as I can tell, other than the different kite color. Didn't seem to have much of an issue. Never held on to the board at all. It was just Blue was able to get right back up and ride a little ways. Now, Blue fell off a lot. Now, I don't know if it's... I, I couldn't tell you what kite surfing skill is, and I don't know how regular a thing that is. I mean, I imagine, you know, you know, all these elements you can't control. I imagine it's like other things you fall off all the time. But the thing was, blue got up. Blue went a little ways. Blue fell off. There was no thought. Blue popped right back up. Just, you know, blue moved along. Blue fell down. Blue got up. And... That was just, you know, the way it happened. It was just, you know, pop up, tumble, splash, back up. You know, no holding on, just enough to grab the board, get the board, jump on the board. There was no, you know, didn't seem to be any worry, any concern. There was no process. It just, boom, right back up. All I could think of was that Chumbawamba song. I get knocked down, but I get up again. And it was that point I saw it in front of me. I saw the trust lesson appear. And, you know, maybe a way it needs to be thought of going forward. It's not the results. It never was the results. It's not trusting to see, you know, to get the expectations. And that's the thing. We're all hardwired for expectations. And, you know, many of us learned that, you know, our value comes from results. Our worth comes from results and meeting up to expectations. And what if, that wasn't so much the answer and it was more about the process. How it played out here, Red didn't really have a process because they just couldn't stop holding onto the board. They couldn't, there was, you know, you're hanging on, you're holding, you know, you can't process, you can't jump if you're holding onto the side of the plane. Yeah. And, but, Blue had nothing but process happening. Ride for a few seconds or a minute, fall off, pop back up, ride some more, fall down, get up, fall down, get up, ride again. Always falling, always getting back up. No fear, no time for anything to even appear. Just up, down, next. And I think that was the lesson. Trust isn't the proper landing. It's not about the result. Because... There's always elements that you can't, you're not going to be able to control the result and you're not going to get the result a lot of the time. Sometimes you're going to do a thing, you're going to lean it, you're going to trust someone or you're going to trust something and you're going to find that you calculated wrong and it's all going to go to shit around you. And... But trust is not even letting the fear of that happening again have time to establish. Trust is just getting right back out there, just getting, just, you know, healing what's needed and then getting right back up. 
knowing that the right adjustment might not happen this time, the next time at a time after that. But as long as we keep getting back up, it'll come. You know, trust isn't in something else or someone else or anything external. It's staying in the room. It's the part where you kind of keep going no matter what. You know, doesn't matter what anybody else does. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. Doesn't matter how the results and believing it'll go where it needs to go and that everything will eventually be just ducky. All right, so we're going to move on to story number two. And this one, I was a little more than an observer this time. And I was in a, you know, I was in a semi-local state park loaded with woods and ponds and campgrounds and those type of things. Now, it's a place I tend to go into and write a lot. Now, I've been doing a lot of hiking lately. I just, it's a place to be outside. It's a place that's, you know, safely, you know, hiking. You can safely be away from people and be distant and be safe and still get outside and see nature and get exercise and all those things. And as often as I've been doing that lately, I get to explore the trails in here. I don't really know why. It just never really happened. And I decided I was going to change that. I had finished up some writing. And instead of going someplace else to hike, that's what I just did. I went there. So, you know, they don't really have physical masks. So I was able to, you know download a trail map to my phone and made sure I had plenty of battery and off I went. Now it was getting pretty clear early on that the map and the trail weren't quite lining up the way I would have hoped. You know, I'm used to them not exactly being alike, but there's always... They've always been close enough that it's easy enough to figure out where to go and where I should be heading. This was a little tougher, but I'd been able to navigate it around through the first leg of it. And, you know, my sense of direction is usually pretty good. And I get, you know, I ended up getting almost where I needed to go even though it kind of went in a much different way than the map told me it was going to. But I made my way out to the main drag, and then, you know, according to the map, the trail that I would have jumped on to make my way back to the car would have been right across the road. It wasn't there. So I started walking up the road, and about a third of the mile up, I saw a path that looked like it leaded right to that trail. So my gut was like, take it, take the path. My ego was like, I think, didn't we learn enough from the first leg that maybe this is a bad idea? But I listened to my gut, and I went in the path. I'm like, down, yeah, just screw it. Doing it. It's not very often that the it, the my 
gut speaks louder than my than that ego and clear enough. So I honored that. Now, when I first hit that trail, you know, the, it was pretty decently marked. You know, all different little green swatches. Swatches? We'll go with swatches. And about a mile or so in, the marking suddenly stopped. And I hit a cross path. And at this point, I'm kind of in my head. I'm kind of feeling a little insecure. I'm like, shit, the marker's stopped. All right. Now, when it comes to guessing, like you can give me anything that's a 50-50, any 50-50, a coin flip or pick a hand, and I will, my mind will get it wrong every time. So I'll kind of spin in through that. I'm like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. This way. And I kind of, based on the map and trying to, you know, do what seemed to be the most logical thing. Again, guessing because there's nothing on the map that even indicates that I would even come up to any sort of intersection or fork. So, you know, this kind of repeated itself a couple of times. And... You know, I, you know, when you're not sure, I depended on it. And I started to get this sense that this was taking way too long. And I checked my app on my phone. It told me that I was going, you know, I had already gone further than the distance that the, the loop was supposed to be 3.2 miles. And at this point, I think I'd gone. 3.7 or 3.8. So I started getting a little bit nervous. I also noted that the park gates closed in less than an hour. And suddenly my phone battery, just, you know, chose to pick that moment to dwindle to about 30%. And I started getting slasher movie undertones. So I'm like, all right, well, let me at least check my GPS. Maybe that'll, you know, of course, it's not going to show me the trail. But I see an opening nearby and it like, thought, you know, that might be the pond I'm next. I was parked next to. So I followed it. And then I realized, no, no, it's not the pond. It is a water hazard and I just came out of the woods into a golf course <sighs> I pulled back to GPS and I realized well I'm not only not on track I'm well out of the park I'm in another town and I'm a pretty decent way from what might actually be the pond. I ended up somehow going 
north or east and I needed to be headed south and west. So of course I flipped the hell out, panic induced, pissed off that I trusted this map that ended up being not worth shit. Where am I? Where's my car? Am I going to die out here? I'm not calling for help. My, my ego isn't going to let me do that. I'll die first. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, like, you know, the birds and the squirrels and the mosquitoes were having fun at my expense at this point, listening to my toddler tantrum. And, and it hit me all of a sudden, like, this whole man-child act is not doing anything but taking energy away from the task at hand. Uh, I'm still out here. I'm still lost, and I need to get back to my car. So I figured out, all right, what's really the worst case scenario? Now, at this point, you know, I had to kind of just let go of the fact that I trusted something that failed me. And yet here I am. So my worst case scenario is I completely lose direction and I end up on a street and I have a really long walk back to the park. I mean, the weather's nice and I still have, you know, even the park's closing, I still have another, you know, three hours or so of daylight. I remember that there's campers there. So they're obviously going to be going in and out, which means, you know, if the park's closed, somebody's got to be letting them in. If that's the case, there's going to be somebody that's going to let me out. And all right. And I realized that I need to somehow get myself in a southwest direction. I can trust my sense of direction, at least kind of get me close to that. And I can just check the app every so often and then kill it to save battery. And then all of a sudden it just kind of, everything just kind of slow, you know, it didn't slow down, but I felt my gut kind of take over. And I just kind of went, all right, I knew I kind of, all right. Yeah, GPS kind of pointed me which way was southwest. And I kind of kept going with it. And I hit about three or four different forks along the way. And I didn't think, I just went. I just kind of felt, okay, what's, I just went with what felt right. No thought at all. I just trusted my gut. And... You know, every you know, 10 minutes or so, I check my direction. So far, so good. I was mostly going southwest or west. Southwest would have gotten me to my car. West would have taken me back to the main drag. And I could, if I hit that too early, I could have just walked down and get there. I was okay. And after about the third or fourth one of these, it dawns on me that I somehow managed to get my ass back on the path. I started seeing those green splotches again, or swatches. What did we decide we're calling them? Yeah, whatever. 
green marks. We'll call it green marks. I started seeing them again. And not only did I was I seeing them, but they suddenly just popped up like every, it felt like every 20 feet, there was another peep. And I'm just like, you know, the trail itself was kind of, you know, it wasn't terribly easy, but the direction from there was easy. I was able to shut my phone off and I could just go. And I was able to save that last, you know, 12 or 15% or whatever it was at that point. And I ended up making it out and I ended up, you know, I ended up getting right to my car and I probably had about, I probably had about three or four minutes to spare. I, I may or may not have thrown my fists in the air and, you know, and, uh, you know, and it might've looked a little funny, but who cares? You know, ended up being about five and a half miles, but lesson that came through there, a couple of them really. One was that, you know, if you put your trust in something outside and it fails you, battle doesn't have to be over. And our inner guidance, our North Star, gut, intuition, whatever the, you know, whatever you want to call it, it kind of kicks ass when we allow ourselves to access it and stay out of our egos. And I kind of have to reassess that inability to guess that I was talking about earlier. Because clearly that applies when I'm in my head. When I'm in my head, I can't get a guess right. But... But I, you know, upon further review, and as I kind of went back into other examples of times where I would guess when I was kind of in that, you know, intuitions controlling things, kind of like that flow state, if you prefer to call it that, you know, you're just kind of going and going and everything, everything's just flowing. It's just, you know, it's, you end up nailing them. Now, to figure out how to get that under control when I'm playing blackjack, might be on to something here. And then the last thing that kind of hit me as I was heading out the door was I looked back on it and I realized that it was all, it was kind of fun, the whole process, once I got out of my own way. So... We're going to wrap up story time and we're going to change it up and we're going to borrow a lesson from Brene, Brene Brown. You can find all over YouTube. But And before I dive in, I'm going to strongly encourage all of you listening to kind of go take a gander at it for yourselves. You know, go to her website or listen to her talks on YouTube. Um, after school, there's a really cool video based off of it, off of it, or reader books. All I'm doing is interpreting what I see and how it clicks to me. I invite you to go to the source and create your own takes from this. Now, I'd love to hear them if it feels right, but we're going to jump on to 
the seven elements of trust. I'm just going to pop them on the screen real quick. And what I'll do is I don't think they're in the description. So I'm going to make sure to add those to the podcast description and to the YouTube. You notice that it spells out the acronym of BRAVING. B for boundaries. R for reliability. A for accountability. V for the vault. I, integrity. N, non-judgment. And G, generosity. Now for boundaries, it's basically, and boundaries is a subject in and of itself. And I've done, you know, videos on different aspects of boundaries before. And I feel kind of pulled to do that again down the road. But what it comes down to is you respect my boundaries and when you're not clear about what's okay and what's not okay, you ask. And likewise, you know, if somebody doesn't respect yours, you're willing to say no and you tell them, no, this isn't okay. And, you know, whether or not that's respected, I mean, you know, people are going to do things just kind of inadvertently that might cross a boundary, you know, and there may not necessarily be any intent to that. However, if somebody tells you, hey, no, this is a boundary, no go, and then you go down that road anyway, that is a big, red, big old red flag. Like I said, I think at some point soon, I may revisit boundaries. It can be kind of an extended series of something. Reliability. I can only trust you if you do what you say you're going to do and not just once. You know, doing what you say you're going to do and, you know, staying aware of knowing what you you can do and what you can't, being aware of your limitations, not taking on way too much, not trying too hard to people please and having it all implode around you. You know, being able to, you know, do what you say you're going to do, knowing what you're going to what you're able to do and then sticking to it and being able to do that consistently. And, you know, balancing, you know, any of those priorities that might compete with themselves and aligning them in a matter that's, you know, right to you, knowing that if something else is lower down on the priority scale, knowing that maybe today you have to be like, look, I, this is not something I'm available for right now. Um, can you check back in with me in a week 
or if it's just something that you're just kind of like, eh. you know, if it's something that's a, you know, giving you resistance, a lot of times you're going to keep putting it off and fighting with it. So, you know, maybe just honoring that in the moment and just being like, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not available for that. Which of course is easier said than done in a lot of ways. Accountability. You own your mistakes, apologize and make amends. I can only trust you when you make a mistake, you are willing to own Apologize for it and try to make it right. If you're trying to pawn it off on this or that or throw somebody else under the bus for it when, or trying to revert the blame, trying to blame the person that's, you know, you're not really owning your, you know, you're not really owning it. And you know it that is what it is. The vault. The vault threw me for a loop. And it's something that started becoming clear to me, maybe uh you know, it was right around the time I was writing my book actually. And it was kind of a big aha moment. And to me, it opened up a lot. You know, you don't share information or experiences that are not yours to share. I need to know that, you know, you're going to keep my confidences. And if you're sharing things with me about other people, that are not mine to know, why would I trust you with anything of mine? How can I trust that you're not running your mouth around me, about me to other people when you're running your mouth about other people to me? Integrity, you choose courage over comfort. You choose what is right over what is fun, fast, or easy. And you choose to practice your values rather than simply professing them. I can't trust you if you don't act from a place of integrity and encourage me to do the same. You see a lot of that going on, a lot of... Do as I say, not as I do. And I think in a lot of ways, when we do that stuff, we're kind of yelling at ourselves and don't really know it. If that makes any sense. Non-judgment. I can ask for what I need. You can ask for what you need. We can talk about how we feel without judgment. 
this one, this one really kicked my ass. Because so many of us are willing to go and try to help somebody out, but are hardwired to not ask for help. We may have been raised that we never ask for help ever. You never show your weakness or, you know, you don't bring shame upon, you know, the family name by asking for help when you're in trouble. You figure it out. You work it out. Bootstraps. But yet, when we go and we trip, get, you know, help somebody else in need, if we're, if we can't honor that for ourselves, then indirectly, aren't we looking down on them? Even if we don't intend to, even if we don't mean to, even if our hearts are in the right place. I said, that one's freaking hard. Because I, I feel like I, I was being yelled at for this. Because it's hard for me to freaking ask people for anything. And, you know, I've been told that, you know, when I do that, I'm a bum by certain circles. And... You know, sometimes it's still hard for me to see that they're full of shit and have their own stuff that they need to process. If you can't ask for help and they can't reciprocate, it's not a trusting relationship. And you can't judge yourself for needing help. I can't judge myself for needing help and then not judge and then not judge others for needing help. And then generosity. You assume the best when somebody drops the ball. You extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. Somebody doesn't text you back. Maybe they're just busy or tired or just, you know, can't give you their attention for whatever reason. Maybe it's it's not because they don't love you or they, you know, They really, they're trying to give you a message. There's usually no message. I mean, but there like, could be a message, but that's a whole other issue. That's usually not, you know, our relationship is only a trusting relationship. If you can assume the most generous thing about my worth, intentions and behaviors, and then check it with me, you know, basically if you do, does, doesn't mean if you don't like something somebody did, you don't say something to them, but you assume, you know, assume the best. Assume that they were doing their best and it just didn't work out or they dropped the ball. Now, braving works with self-trust as well. In fact, it probably starts with self-trust. Because if you don't hit these check marks with yourself, it's impossible to hit them all with others. That shit comes out. Always does. If your own marble jar is not full, as Brene says, you can't account on yourself. You can't ask people to give yourself what you cannot help. 
is check that how you treat yourself. We can't ask people to give us something that we don't believe we're worthy of receiving. And, and once you trust yourself, then you know you're worthy of receiving as well as giving. So as we turn the corner and head down the home stretch, we're going to check in here what some of you had to say about the topic. Again, the questions are going to be in the descriptions, but let me hear from you. How does someone gain your trust? How does someone lose your trust? And what does it mean to trust yourself? And what does that look like? Jana responds, number one, gain integrity. And that depends on what is going on, but basically honesty and not gossiping. To lose trust, you know, lies, lies of omission and gossip. You know, it's violating, conf- you know, violating confidences in different levels. Absolutely. Number three, working on that one still. Maybe I'll tune in. Susan adds, I I tend to trust too easily. I lose trust when someone's actions don't match up with their words. Trusting myself is living my integrity and being able to look at myself in the mirror in the evening, knowing I did the right thing in every situation. Makes absolute sense. And, you know, in the end, you know, we're all doing our best. Trust is gained with promises kept, boundaries respected, honored, and honest communication, transparency. Trust is lost with broken promises, disrespect, and lies or gaslighting. Gaslighting is a good future topic. Learning to know my limits. When to say no, sorry, or yes, but not until, unless. Rather than working so hard to please others. Learning to pause and check in before committing to things builds trust in myself. Understanding my own impulses, motivations, and what makes me feel grounded in myself rather than how others perceive or receive me. That builds trust in myself too. Simon actually mentioned the marble jar. We were just mentioning from Brene Brown. You know, I can count on the fingers of one hand those people with whom my beliefs, experiences, and story can be shared without judgment or need for justification. Trust is personal, and it comes with having boundaries respected, securing them with integrity around yourself and others, and being generous when it is broken either with you or about other people. And Angel adds, I love Brene Brown's braving take on trust. And he came to the right place. And he said, I think that's a really good acronym. And it really breaks down a lot of the different factors that come with, again, such a simple word, but such a spider web of meaning. And what gains it and what loses it for different people varies. And that's why being able to understand that in yourself and then learning to be able to communicate that 
is so important in different relationships. It really, really is. You know? And with that, we're going to bring this baby home. And I would like to thank all of those that watched and listened wherever and however you chose to do so. You can always get back tangible things like money and stuff, but we all only have a certain amount of time here. That's limited. And we never gain that back. So by watching or listening, however you do so, I am really grateful that you chose to spend some of that valuable resource with me. Love for you to come visit beaconroad.net where you'll find my blog, um, links to past shows, resources for emergencies and wellness of all types, and a store with some cool goodies. You know, keep checking back because there's going to be more coming in the days and weeks ahead. And, or even easier, you can get there, sign up to receive emails, and that work will be done for you. Again, I'd love for you to come and visit and follow on social media. On Facebook and Twitter, it's at Beacon Road, the number 10. On Instagram, it's at Beacon Road. On YouTube, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, search Beacon Road with Rich Levesque. L-E-V as in Victor, E-S as in Sam, Q-U-E. Check out some of the old videos up there and subscribe. And also, now the podcast is up on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and other platforms. I invite you to look it up and keep tabs on what's going on. And if you're getting anything from this, love for you to let me know and please share it with someone who may need to hear anything that's said today. Chat again soon. Thank you again for stopping by and be safe and be well. Take care.